brand new edition of the podcast to close out the month of October. Great to have you with us. However and wherever you have found us on the sportsmediawatch.com podcast, I am merely the somewhat lucid, somewhat capable host of the show, TJ Reeves. He is the man of the hour, the purveyor, the owner, the operator, the guy that you read all the time, John Lewis of sportsmediawatch.com, a.k.a. Paulson, back for another edition. It is a trick-or-treat edition. We might have a little Halloween theme as we unfold here, releasing the podcast Halloween week. John, first of all, good to be back with you. How are things? Uh, You know, hectic as always. It's interesting, Halloween, right? You know, if adults wore Halloween costumes about the things that really scare us, we would dress up as contractors and uh, taxmen and doctors and all of those things. But, you know, Halloween's for the kids, so you dress up as vampires and, you know, vampires aren't scary. Vampires can't take your money. So (laughs) I like that. Uh, or in, in my world, uh, I don't know if the 13 year old twins, this is a back and forth. I have 13 year old twin girls. They, they apparently are not going to do the Halloween thing this year. Did not do it for COVID reasons last year. We have perhaps John outgrown it just a little behind the curtain in the yeah. Reeves household here. The last time that we did this two years ago, we did an, uh, an homage, the French pronunciation to Greece. And I was allegedly Danny from Greece with a leather jacket and the sunglasses. One of them was Sandy from Greece in the yellow outfit. The other one was one of the pink ladies. And we went house to house, my friend, with me playing the YouTube Greece theme, John Travolta and, uh, and Olivia Newton-John. So I, I, there's video of that. There's pictures of that that's been on social media. That will not apparently be happening this weekend. Uh, apparently the twins have outgrown that, but nonetheless, Halloween going on. And that might also factor into love it and, and leave it one more time here before we get done. Let's uh, let's begin uh, with topics that are of interest here in the immediacy. Uh, they were back. The Manning cast, Peyton and Eli Manning, back after a three-week hiatus on Monday night and the Monday night football coverage. Not just the main broadcast on ESPN of the New Orleans Saints and the Seattle Seahawks, but the Manning cast ESPN2 broadcast, which was fascinating for a lot of reasons in the Tampa Bay area because Tom Brady was there for an extended time. The Buccaneers quarterback, obviously the longtime Patriots Super Bowl winning quarterback. So, John, did you get a chance to see very much of this? Because in my market in Tampa Bay, and you know I work for the Buccaneers, everybody was going crazy with Brady on for that half hour about 9.15, 9.30 Eastern time. Did you get to see much of it for the Monday night game? Well, you know, when you uh, you, you uh, put out a tweet on Twitter saying we're going to talk about this, and I was like, oh, man, I should probably be watching that, shouldn't I? <laughs> uh, you know, I was watching the great Celtics-Hornets game uh, on League Pass and uh, then Bucks pacers and, uh, I mean, even Pelicans-T-Wolves I was watching. So, you know, I didn't get it much of a – I mean, look, it's the Saints and the Seahawks. It's two bad teams. And if I'm going to watch two bad teams, I'm I'm probably going to watch two bad NBA teams over two bad NFL teams. That's just my own little uh, predilection there. But, you know, look, uh, getting Brady's a big coup. That's a big coup for them. Uh, You know, everyone loves them. And uh, look, it's all working out well. I'm going to be curious to see the ratings, which have obviously not come out yet because you had all these weeks without this Manning cast. And it'll be interesting to see if if, if all 1.9 million come back, that's going to say a lot. Uh, that's going to say a ton. 
Well, I will say that my prediction is at least for that half hour, whatever it's going to measure at 9 to 9.30, 9.15 to 9.45, it was roughly the second quarter of the game where Brady was there. I, I have to believe they did a million five, maybe even a couple million because people just gravitated. It's Tom Brady, after all. He doesn't yeah. do a lot of this in extended form. And the barbs, John, were flying back and forth from Peyton Manning, he is great with the one-liners and the zingers making fun of Brady. Um, and, and the whole controversy about the 600th football, if you're not aware in the audience, is probably mostly aware, but maybe not, that Mike Evans, the Buccaneer receiver, gave the 600th football to a fan wearing his jersey in the north end zone Sunday in the first half of the game. Then the Buccaneers realized, wait a minute, that's the 600th touchdown football. we got to go get that back. So that became a big topic. On, on the show, and of course, Peyton Manning is making fun of Tom Brady, that you would have had to bribe that guy. That guy would have been in the Brady suite for the rest of his life or the rest of the year. Uh, Brady said, uh, yeah, that was kind of uh, poor negotiating to give the football up, but the fan, as it turns out, is going to get an autographed Brady jersey, an autographed Brady helmet, season tickets for the rest of the year. Brady <laughs> even said on the show, John, I'm going to give him a Bitcoin from my whole uh, the, the cryptocurrency thing that most of us don't understand. But the one-liners were going back and forth. Brady's I mean, Peyton Manning was was insulting Tom Brady, and Brady's coming back at him. Great personality is my point. Uh, while the game was going on, a not so good game. So I'll be very curious with you, and I know you'll be writing about this on the site. How did that segment do? How did they do overall? Because they had Marshawn Lynch on at the beginning. They had Sue Bird of the WNBA, a Seattle icon in the WNBA, and then Drew Brees on at the end. So star-studded guest. I'll be curious how they did, obviously. Yeah. You know, Sue Bird is so smart because she does all of these media appearances. So all these people who don't watch the WNBA think she's the greatest of all time, even though she's not. But you see, Diana Taurasi doesn't do any of these things. Right. Diana is not constantly on ESPN. So, it, you know, most people aren't watching the WNBA. They just assume Sue's the greatest of all time. Right. She's not the greatest of all time. She hasn't even been the finals MVP on any of the four title teams she's been on. But that's another story for another day. Still but, four you know, championships. Still yeah. four championships. And I can tell you, uh, she was very good with them. They gave, they They rolled some video of her. Uh, in the huddle during the finals or during the Western Conference finals, I believe, where she's taking over for the coach and diagramming, trying to diagram the winning play. And Peyton Manning deadpans right back at her. When did you become coach and GM of, of the Seattle franchise there? You're just taking over as the coach. So, she, And she gave it back to him a couple of times, so she was good. I'll tell you who looked the most uncomfortable was Drew Brees because they were putting him in a couple of positions to criticize the Saints and he just laughed and paused and wouldn't say anything. Peyton's coming at him. He wouldn't say anything. That was just interesting on the Manning cast, which I obviously saw a bunch of for this game. But you're right about Sue Bird. Uh, she was there as well. And as she said, um, Russell Wilson came to a game earlier this year wearing a Sue Bird jersey. And she says that means everything, not only to me, to me my teammates, the WNBA, to have that kind of recognition. And she talked about how close-knit a lot of the Seattle athletes are to each other in the different sports so i thought that was fascinating so i learned a lot from the manning cast and and peyton manning the line of the night for the audience and for john because you didn't see it he said hey you've got all of my former indianapolis colts coaches bruce arians you've got clyde christensen the quarterback coach tom moore who was our offensive coordinator he goes this is like a single white female thing for you right now you're you're ripping off all my stuff i laughed 
out loud at the 90s movies reference. Jenner, what, Jennifer Jason Lee, right? Yeah, I Jason Lee. Tremendous yeah. dig from Peyton Manning. John, can you give me just a quick reaction now that I shared that with you? Well, you know, Single White Female was, man, that's one of those movies you saw on an afternoon syndication, you know, on WPIX or something. Right. right? Yeah. Story. Wow. Where she's dressing oh. like her and cutting her hair like her. But he, he yeah. got off the Single White Female reference and Brady cracked up on the air. So it was good TV there for a lot of that. And, and like I said, we'll we'll look for what the ratings are or aren't on that. And they got a close game. It wasn't a well-played game, but they got a close game for the ESPN audience. And we'll see what that is. For example, the Brady win over the Bears, John, I know you know this, on Sunday was the national game again on CBS. CBS shoehorned in and got that game, even though it was two NFC teams. It was a blowout game, and it only registered like 17 or 18 million compared yeah. to the 20 million plus, 25 million Part of that was the blowout. So there's my thoughts. What else do you have there? Well, you know, it's so interesting, the ratings for this past weekend for the NFL. If it was 2017, Trump would be just using this. Oh, man, the NFL is dying. Ah, it's so fascinating to me because, look, the NFL's ratings are great this year. This is a any time you have an NFL weekend where no game gets a double digit rating, no game gets 18 million viewers. It just says a lot about how perception is reality. Because four years ago, this exact NFL weekend of ratings would have been a five alarm fire. Everyone would be talking about it. CNN would be talking about it. All the political sites would have been, oh my goodness, the NFL's ratings, wow. Oh, no game got 18 million viewers. And yet, because the season's off to such a great start, there's none of this stuff about kneeling and the conversation anymore. These numbers, which would have been not atrocious by any standard, but certainly eye-opening back in 17 or 18 or 19, no one's even going to talk about them. It's so ridiculous, right? I mean, it just lays bare how nonsensical this ratings discussion so often is. Well, and you have laid that out very eloquently, very accurately for the last few weeks, that it's relative to what is everything else getting on TV. For example, the college football game Saturday night, and that's going to morph into the baseball here. Alabama-Tennessee was the most watched college football game, but it had less than 5 million viewers. There have been weeks where in prime time or late at night, right, 8 million, 9 million on average. So that was down a little bit. But part of that was game six of the National League Championship Series where the, the Braves clinched against the Dodgers. That had 7 million, right, at 7 million viewers. So that leads us into a Braves World Series with the Astros. You said on this Sports Media Watch podcast last week, John Lewis, the Dodgers were a real key, a real component, the number two media market. They're now not there. What is your thought as the World Series gets underway, Atlanta, Houston, in terms of ratings and, and ratings predictions and assessment? Well, this is a matchup Foxton won in prime time in 2004, right? I remember that 04 NLCS, it went five. And uh, Fox back then would air the division series games, nearly all of the division series games on Big Fox. There was no FS1. And I remember back in 04 thinking, man, Fox does not want Braves Astros in prime time. Joe Buck didn't even do the game. And that was back when Joe Buck was doing these games throughout the playoffs. It was Josh Lewin, if I remember correctly. And uh, the ratings weren't particularly good because it was the Braves and the Astros, right? You know, these two teams have really only played one compelling game against each other in their history that I can recall. That was the 18-inning game, their most recent playoff matchup back in 05, that Sunday afternoon on ESPN when, yeah, I was watching that. I wasn't watching the football games. That was a heck of a game. Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, it's 
Dodgers Astros seemed like a really weak matchup back in 17. You're like, man, this isn't going to do well. And then it did great. It was an incredibly highly rated series. It was a huge hit, really compelling games, went to full seven. I mean, frankly, I would say the Dodgers Astros was more impressive than Cubs Indians because Cubs Indians had all of those you know, storylines. It had everything baseball could have wanted. And Dodgers Astros, for that to get a double digit rating, for what is essentially an NLDS to get a double digit rating, that was pretty impressive. So maybe Graves Astros will overperform in that fashion. I think that if Acuna Jr. was healthy, that makes such a huge difference. You know, if you had Acuna Jr., if you had uh, the, their star ace pitcher who keeps tearing his Achilles, whose name escapes me because, I mean, he's never around, right? right? I don't even know this guy's name. Um, you know, if they, if they were fully healthy, I think there'd be more intrigue, but you know, the Braves, this isn't 1999 anymore. And the Braves are not on TBS. Well, I mean, they were on TBS over the weekend, but you know what I mean? They're not on TBS. Not every night. Right, right. Exactly. Uh, This is not Glavin, Smoltz, and uh, the other guy. Who was the third guy? Uh, Greg Maddox. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, him. Uh, and, and all the, you knew all the players, uh, obviously from night in and night out. You make a, you make a great point on that. But again, there's a lot of people in the Southeast that will gravitate. Does this, this is your point. Does this resonate in the Northeast? If they'd have had the Red Sox, for example, it resonates in the Northeast. Do Houston and Atlanta resonate in the Northeast? Do they resonate in the upper Midwest, in the big markets like Chicago, uh, like Minnesota, um, Cleveland, are they baseball markets? They care as much. Do they care as much in the West that it's Houston? That's what we're going to find out, right? And I, and I know you have some skepticism. The the good news, how much do you think it helps? And this is by design. The first two games, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. We've talked about it before. Kind of standalone. There's no football around it. How much do you think that helps, John? Mm, I mean, it's been Tuesday and Wednesday night forever now, right? They went back to they went to that, and I think fourteen. Um, you know, ultimately, I actually think that worked out really well for baseball because it used to be the Wednesday, Thursday night. And when it was Wednesday, Thursday, you go up against Thursday night football. Then for the Saturday, Sunday, Monday, you go up against college football, the NFL both days. That was a really smart scheduling change they made, pushing it back to Tuesday in 14. But I don't think that'll help this series in particular. I do think, you know, there's not much on the NBA's on TNT, but those games aren't, you know, Sixers, Knicks, maybe a little bit of intrigue. Uh, but uh, the NBA gets into the dog days real fast, doesn't it? Like opening week and then instantly you're in the dog days of the season. It's Sixers, Knicks, and I don't even know what the other game is tonight. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I think uh, and T- ESPN has uh, baseball, but that's not going to be, you know, that's not, or excuse me, ESPN has hockey. Correct. Hockey, which is weird to say. That is weird to say. Uh, but ESPN has hockey tonight. That's not going to be a major factor either. Uh, but I don't think baseball's uh, chilled to the bone having to go up against Nuggets Jazz tonight. All right. I don't think they're worried about that. Um, but I don't know. I, I just think this is a regional matchup. It's an NLDS and not even a particularly compelling NLDS. Uh, it's a team everyone hates in Houston. It's a team people are very meh about in Atlanta. Um, Twitter is a nothing burger. No, nothing anyone has ever said or felt on Twitter has ever mattered. But, you know, the Twitter conversation is, these are two teams, we hate the Astros because of the cheating, we hate the Braves because of, you know, whatever politics they might have or the tomahawk thing that they do. It just seems like there's not a lot of enthusiasm for this series. So maybe I'll be surprised. Look, Buck Suns was up 30% in the NBA. 
Now that's because last year's finals was, you know, a dumpster fire in terms of ratings, right? But mm -hmm. the benefit of a dumpster fire is that eventually once it's, you know, cleared out, you have a very low bar to, to build on. So Buck Suns in the NBA was up 30%. ESPN put out press releases every night of that finals. And those are numbers that two years ago would have been, again, a five alarm fire. So for baseball, last year's World Series, the lowest rated ever. Frankly, I don't think it's gonna be up 30%. I don't, but it's gonna be up double digits. I think I, would, I could see it averaging a 6.5, the kind of number that would have been really horrible two years ago, but now, I mean, it's gonna be better than the NBA Finals, better than the last two NBA Finals and up from last year. Fox is gonna be probably putting out press releases every night because by the extremely reduced standards of the day, these numbers are going to look really good and they are going to be really good because, you know, look, nobody else, you know, you never see, well, Tucker Carlson is down from Tucker Carlson's time slot two years ago. It's always Tucker Carlson is dominating CNN and MSNBC. Nothing else gets to compare to um, past year's performance other than sports. And part of that's probably my fault, right? I mean, uh, not to self-aggrandize too much, but I've been doing this for like 15 years. And my comparison has always been to how did you do last year and two years ago? Sure. sure. And, you know, ultimately that does matter. I think that does matter. But the fact of the matter is what really, really matters is how you're doing compared to the competition. And, uh, you know, for baseball, this I'd be shocked if this was not comfortably the second lowest rated World Series ever, but it'll do well. Right. And again, the uh, for example, uh, as you hear John Lewis, by the way, sportsmediawatch.com, TJ Reeves hanging out. We're talking ratings. We are going to get to some love it and leave it in Halloween here in a few moments. We're going to talk some NBA straight ahead uh, and its debut. But to your point, the Red Sox Yankees one game playoff had a seven million audience. You said on the podcast last week that the five game series between the Giants and and the Dodgers in the divisional round were, were then equal to that or the best rated ones after that. So they have had some momentum. I'm curious, can they can they sustain it around six or seven million? Will it be greater or not? Interesting on the weekend, the Saturday night college football primetime game is Michigan, Michigan State on ABC. Again, not a national matchup that you would naturally clamor for. It's not Alabama. It's not Ohio State. It's not Notre Dame. So that's curious. I'm just looking here at the NFL schedule. The Sunday night game is the Cowboys on the NFL schedule. Uh, Cowboys at the Vikings. And the Monday night game is the New York Giants against the Chiefs, who've fallen on hard time. So if the World Series is going up against those games on prime time, I'm just curious. The Cowboys, uh, that's going to kill it. We know that, John. That's going to kill the World Series game, right? Well, you know, it's interesting. It was uh, back in 16, NBC had Cowboys-Eagles up against the World Series and lost. You know, that was because the, baseball had the Cubs. Cubs, right. right. Uh, so I, I, I think uh, the NFL will win. I mean, Minnesota getting in prime time. I mean, some of these prime time games are ridiculous. You know, they were interrupting Colts 49ers for weather alerts on Sunday night, and I didn't even mind it. It was like, all right, fine, whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, is Minnesota good? I can't Minnesota's imagine. okay, right? Three, but it three. is, but it is the Cowboys, and as we've said over and over again, this is this is the obvious point. The Cowboys bring three to five million more eyeballs on any of these primetime games, even if they're not good, and that's why they're there. Yeah, 
Well, I definitely think the World Series will comfortably be over 7 million, 8 million. Remember, last year's all-time low was 9.5 or 9.6, something like that. So it'll be 11 million is my prediction, 11.5 million. Low, uh, a record low outside of last year, but still, you know, I mean, hey, nothing, none of these things have averaged 10 million since COVID happened, except for, uh, I think, the Final Four. So, uh, yeah. Again, that was more in its slot you, because, again, yeah. you keep referencing that the basketball ended last year and the Stanley Cup ended last year in the in the fall a year ago in 2020. Yeah. And that's what you're now comparing it to, uh, yeah. which, again, you're educating us on, on that. Quick aside here before we move on to the NBA discussion, I had the chance to work the Ohio State-Indiana game on national radio with Tiki Barber last Saturday night. We were in Bloomington, Indiana for Ohio State, just clobbering Indiana. That was the national game on ABC uh, with Dave Pash, Dusty Dvorak doing the game. And it's a blowout, John, right away in the first half. So just a quick uh, fun aside. This is why you love this on SportsMediaWatch.com. We're doing the game up on top of the press box in Bloomington. There's not a national radio booth. I'm not complaining. These are first world problems, except it's raining. We have a tent over us. We have a tarp around us. We're broadcasting the game. Now the game becomes a terrible game. The game becomes a blowout in the second quarter. I kid you not, we can see the whole landscape of the of the area of the campus as everybody is leaving all the indiana fans are leaving in the second quarter of the game traffic jam everywhere trying to get out of there we were happy because that meant there was going to be no traffic two hours later when we went to leave after the game is over and so my point is that game did not register really at all saturday night especially against alabama in the ratings and against the baseball the world series uh, i was just there and and watching all of that part of that I'm sure ABC slash ESPN hoping that Michigan, Michigan State delivers better against the World Series. But again, how many people in the Northeast, how many people in the South, how many people in the West care about Michigan, Michigan State in primetime? Oh, well, first of all, Michigan, Michigan State, that's a Fox Big Noon Saturday game. So okay, ESPN my bad on that. On the ESPN game Saturday night, I'm not sure what they have, but how much will the rest be, of the country care? It's going to be Ohio State, Penn State, which sounded like a really great matchup until Illinois managed to beat Penn State. They should have been dropped out of the rankings. Uh, they should have been dropped. They should have extended the rankings out to 50 and dropped Penn State out of that. From <laughs> um, do you remember uh, Wake Forest 30, Florida State nothing? I do remember. They beat yeah. them badly. Yeah, that was, uh, that was pouring rain. Uh, I was there. They took my umbrella. Uh, didn't give it back. <laughs> I don't know why. Probably some kind of post 9-11 security thing. That was a Saturday night football game on ABC. Wake Forest 30, Florida State nothing. It was regional though. So they were able to they were able to cut to something else. I just wanted to mention that because you mentioned the horrible rain, the terrible atmosphere. That that that's a game I'll never forget. 30 the only college football game I've ever attended as a fan in my life. Wow. Yeah. And, and memorable for a lot of reasons, including they took your umbrella and you didn't get to come yeah. back and get it. They just took it. And, and that was no, it's gone. It's gone. It happens that way sometimes. Uh, no. Let's uh, move on. Yep, uh, I, I didn't actually answer your question, of course, about whether or not Ohio State Penn State would resonate beyond. I mean, of course it will. It's Ohio State Penn State. The Big Ten resonates everywhere. Uh, the Big Ten resonates everywhere. Uh, the Big Ten is, uh, you know, that's the con kind of conference it is. It's 
I think it resonates more nationally than even the SEC. And there's a bigger love-hate thing with Ohio State right now because Michigan just hasn't been relevant in college football for them for the hate factor of that. Right. Alabama has the hate factor. There were plenty of people rooting for Tennessee last Saturday night to knock them off in a close game in the second half before Alabama pulled away. Notre Dame, love-hate thing. You've got that USC when they're good, although they're not good right now and they fired the coach again. There's a love-hate thing in the West. Uh, for the USC part of it. Uh, very good on some college football antidotes. Real quick, let's move to the NBA before we get to a little love it or leave it. The NBA debuting last week with a yeah. doubleheader that included Lakers and Warriors as the nightcap. Uh, also, the defending champion Bucks, uh, Bucks were back uh, on the floor uh, celebrating their world championship playing the Brooklyn Nets. So the NBA's off. You did say earlier that it kind of begins with the bang and the pomp and circumstance, and then you settle in to just every night there's a bunch of games uh, in a long season, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it works for me, right? I'm fine with it. I enjoyed Grizzlies-Lakers on Sunday. I even got DirecTV stream so I could actually watch it since, uh, you know, <laughs> nobody else carries Valley sports anywhere. So I had to uh, do that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, it was a great game. It was a great game. John Morant had 40 points. Uh, the game last night, Celtics and Hornets, was a great game. Uh, you know, uh, there's great games every night in the NBA if you love basketball. But if you're a casual fan, they're probably really boring to you, right? I mean, if you're a casual fan, there's nothing necessarily that, that is appealing. Celtics-Knicks to open the season was a hugely great game. I can't believe... Uh, the basketball gods rewarded ESPN for its terrible pregame show by giving them such a great game to start out their season last week. Um, you know, but you know, I mean, it's, look, the, the the dog days of the NBA season run from the night after opening night until the NBA finals for most people, right? Uh, so look, that it is what it is. Um, I personally enjoy it. You know, I mean, the fact is. Uh, I'll be watching the NBA probably in as much proportion as I watch the World Series tonight, maybe even more so, um, you know, but uh, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm certainly not in the majority on that front. And there, are, uh, and there are a lot of people I should point out that will have picture in picture that might have two screens, might have the TV going, might have the iPad going or the phone going and watch both, have the World Series on on one TV and watching other things. It goes on in my house and a lot of other houses by the millions where you got a couple screens going. Yeah, I do think that the numbers that I've seen so far are not, you know, the interesting thing about the NBA is outside of the finals, the numbers really haven't been that bad, even since COVID. Like they've been down, but like, you know, anytime you're talking about 3.39 million viewers for a 10 o'clock start on a Tuesday in October on cable, you're dealing with a very strong television draw. But it's just, you know, the, I don't think the NBA can hit the high notes right now. That was what was happening to the NFL. When the NFL's ratings went down the way that they did, the league couldn't hit the high notes. It wasn't that the floor had fallen to a new low. It was that it couldn't get that lift to that big high number that you used to see all the time. Which, by the way, that hasn't changed, right? For the NFL, 25 million viewers, you would get at least one window with that pretty much every week. Now it's a huge rarity. Uh, for the NBA, I don't. I, I think these numbers do not indicate to me that this season will be any different than the last two. But you know, up until the finals, that's fine because the numbers prior to the finals have been perfectly serviceable, uh, and I would argue in this era of declining TV ratings, even worth that big price tag that ESPN and Turner are paying. 
The problem is the finals. They got to get the finals back up over at least 12 million viewers. I mean, you know, we're only the interesting thing about the finals in the World Series is we're talking four to seven games of inventory in meteorite deals that have hundreds of games in them, right? And ultimately, you can have a bad World Series or a bad NBA finals, but if everything preceding it was really good, I don't think the networks are going to be upset, especially for the NBA, because the ABC part of this deal, ESPN doesn't care about ABC. ESPN, like if, if ESPN had, it, had its druthers, they'd hear nothing on ABC. So if the NBA finals is a stinker, but the conference finals and ESPN does well, I think ESPN is fine. But you know, the finals comes to kind of define, and the World Series as well, the health of a sport, even though, True. especially in baseball, it's so matchup dependent. If you had the Dodgers against the Yankees, we'd be talking about, oh my goodness, baseball's heading into this renaissance. Instead, you get Graves Astros, and it's probably going to do pretty poorly, and then people will say, oh wow, look what happened to baseball. Well, you know, I guess baseball would be better off if it was rigging the games, right? I mean, that's what it comes down to. Setting up the outcomes, right. Well, of course, the NBA, to your point, had Milwaukee Phoenix for its finals. Did not have the Lakers, did not have the Celtics. Uh, By the way, the Tuesday night uh, TNT doubleheader, uh, as we release the podcast, uh, on Tuesday, Sixers-Knicks is the first game, and Jazz and Nuggets, uh, that's a playoff rematch as well. Then the Wednesday night doubleheader against uh, the World Series, ESPN has Hawks-Pelicans, followed by Grizzlies-Blazers. For those games, stop, uh, see what it does for the audience on the national games. They got to stop putting New Orleans on. I don't think Zion is going to be, first of all, Zion's not even playing. And I don't think Zion is going to end up being the player that they wanted him to be because of injuries and because he plays for a bad franchise that's not well run. Uh, and he's not LeBron. LeBron could turn, you know, water into wine, really, as far mm-hmm. as the Cavs, calling the Cavs water is actually a compliment. Uh, the Cavs are more like toxic sludge that he turned into wine. <laughs> Lake Erie on fire. Great reference there. Lake Erie was oh. on fire at one time in the early yeah. 80s. That was completely unintentional. But it's still good. It still works. It works. It works. But, uh, you know, Zion's not that guy. I mean, it's not fair to ask him to be that guy. They got to still put the Pelicans in prime time. They're never going to pan out. Uh, And all you're doing is putting in a mediocre team from a market that's outside of the top 50 in prime time slots. It's madness. So that's not going to work out. And it's Hawks. Is it the Hawks? Because they got the Braves in there in the World Series. So that game tomorrow. Uh, clearly, ESPN wasn't anticipating that the Braves would be there. Correct. But the yeah. Hawks Pelicans is there in the game that they picked, which, again, they couldn't count on that because the Dodgers might have rallied and won the National League Championship Series. You wouldn't have known until it played out. Speaking of playing out, we have tarried enough. We've waited enough. Here we go. Love it or leave it. Time to get into it. Okay. You mentioned about. Uh, the players, the iconic players, whether it's LeBron now, whether it was Kobe before, whether it was Michael, Larry, Magic, uh, all the great players. Love it or leave it, have you ever owned an NBA player's jersey? I am curious, John Lewis. Love it or leave it on owning a player's jersey with the number and the name? I was pretty poor growing up, so uh, that's going to be a no, right? Uh, the age, yeah, the age when I would have been, uh, I, I was able to get a T-shirt that had 23 in red on it. There we go. So there you go, right? I, I did have, I think it was a black shirt with a 23 in red block lettering. So, you know, you kind of got the idea of what it was supposed to be signifying. Um, I did, I was given uh, for Christmas one year a San Francisco 49ers coat. A Which coach. is interesting, yeah, okay. because 
I did not grow up on NFL games at all. I think the first time I watched the NFL, I was like maybe 12 or 13 And I was going to say, didn't live in San Francisco and no. weren't necessarily rooting for the 49ers, but pick up the story. Well, because uh, there were a lot of items in the news about people getting like assaulted and killed over Jordans. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, in the interest of safety, uh, my uh, loved one did not get me a Bulls uh, right. item, uh, but got me something that was a complete non sequitur for me. <laughs> what do I care about the 49ers? Didn't, but, you know, didn't go Carolina Panthers, didn't no. go, you know, pick one, uh, you know, obscure Arizona Cardinals. When instead San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. But did yeah. it keep you warm? That's the only thing that matters. Did it yeah, work effective? So. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, it worked out for me. Uh, but no, I've not owned anyone's jersey yet. Uh, and, you know, I'm at the age now, all these great players. I mean, LeBron is, uh, you know, I don't want to age myself here, but uh, LeBron is older than I am. So it's crazy. Uh, yeah. It's crazy to contemplate that his first year was what, 03? So it's crazy yeah. to contemplate this is his 19th NBA season. Yeah. Am I getting that old? That's incredible. And there's a there's a bevy of a bunch of LeBron jerseys, different right. styles, different teams, Cavs, Heat, Lakers. There's a lot of them out there circulating. On to another subject real quick. Love it or leave it. This has to do kind of similarly Halloween costumes. Do you have one that you loved when you were growing up and that you went to? I'll tell on myself in a second, but did you have, I'll tell on myself times two. When, when right. you were a younger John Lewis, AKA Paulson, did you have a Halloween costume that you loved? You, it probably wasn't a band, you were, you were banging on the vampire uh, costume. It wasn't a vampire probably. I actually, I actually did the, the last time I dressed up for Halloween, it was as a vampire. Uh, the only other time I dressed up for Halloween, and this is very on brand for me, I did go as Urkel. You went as Urkel with the glasses. Yeah. Well, we leave yeah. a lot of this to people's imagination. I wouldn't say that you look like Urkel, but you're saying that about yourself, and we'll let people just speculate. Well, it's it's not that I look it's not that I look like Urkel. It's that uh, basically, personality-wise, especially back then, <laughs> but it wasn't a Did huge. Did you have movie. the outfit like Urkel on the TV show? You went all the way. Yeah, I didn't have the suspenders. Okay. Uh, I didn't have the suspenders, but I uh, went up and down. When you uh, did the vampire. Did you have the plastic teeth, and did you put them in when you went to the door to say trick or treat? Because that's authentic. Did you do that? I think so. I think I did. Uh, <laughs> I think I did. I, I, I actually have a vague memory of trick or treating another time, but I have no idea what costume I would have worn. It probably is the time I would dressed up as a vampire. But. Okay. All right, so I have a couple of them. One, I went as a basketball player one year. I couldn't have been more than eight or nine years old, and I went full-scale jersey shorts my official basketball jersey and shorts full knee socks my basketball shoes and i had the knee pads on because i played with knee pads and didn't want you know floor burns i went all out full jersey and knee pads door to door as about an eight or nine year old and i distinctly remember another one because i was very young in the 70s but evil knievel was a big deal on wild world of sports so there was one year that i dressed up in all white i had a red white and blue like bed sheet for the cape tied a tied a uh, not a bed sheet like a pillowcase as the cape and we had a white football helmet where my father i distinctly remember this took the face mask off with a screwdriver took the screws out of each side of the helmet took the face mask off so i'm walking around in the white football helmet with the evil knievel outfit going door to door i think i do remember i rode my bike a little bit in the neighborhood too but i didn't try to jump over anything i didn't try to jump over anybody's car or anything like evil knievel so those are the two memories i have telling on myself on love it or leave it i loved the basketball outfit, and I loved Evil Knievel. There, did you see? Uh, 
Did you ever see Viva Knievel, the movie? I did. I saw part of that. I think it was documentary, right? No, no, it was a movie. It was uh, Gene a movie. Kelly was in it. Gene Kelly was in it. Okay, there was a documentary, too, about him, and he uh, obviously became tremendously famous there in the, in the 70s and the 80s on Wild World of Sports. I mean, he would, he would do those stunts, John, and you know this, and there would be 40 or 50 million people watching on Saturday afternoon while yeah. he jumps double-decker buses at Wembley Stadium and flips over, and then the motorcycle flips over and falls on him and is burning him. It was crazy. I mean, there is an iconic moment after all of that where frank gifford in the yellow abc sports blazer has been there broadcasting live and he's helping evil knievel walk out of wembley stadium while interviewing him he's helping him walk and talking to him it's an iconic moment for evil yeah. knievel he had phenomenal ratings back in the 70s why world of sports you know, well in fairness 40 million people watched the finale of joe millionaire too so <laughs> still Back in the day in the afternoon on yeah. on why they would have all kinds of things with Evil Knievel trying to pull it off on yeah. uh, on Wild World of Sports. One more. Love it or leave it. I, I just have to ask because it is Halloween. Do you have Halloween candy? Because we do in the house if any trick-or-treaters show up. Do you have the assorted candy? Do you have candy ready to go? Or are you, are you looking to be out on Halloween and you're not going to be home to hand it out? Just curious on love it or leave it. Well, we haven't had a trick-or-treater come by in ages, you know. Okay. It's interesting because I live in a place, there's actually kids in the neighborhood. Right. I had a very scary moment the other day. I looked out and I saw some ghosts from the 1930s. Children playing stickball in the street. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I looked out my window, there's kids playing ball in the street like it's 1937. It's funny you mention that because I've got neighbors three doors down in our little subdivision, and they have elementary school boys, and they were outside playing in the street. Are we saying that it might be making a comeback to actually go outside and play stickball, baseball, basketball in the driveway, and not sit all day on a Nintendo Switch and play Minecraft and Donkey Kong and all the other games that the kids are playing these days? I don't even know what all of them are. Let's let's hope that going outside and playing games might be making a comeback, John Lewis. You know, honestly, I think what's happened over the past year is going to entrench the uh, use of screens for life. You're never, ever, ever going to get kids away from screens ever again. That this past year was the series finale of trying to improve child health behaviors. Okay, because they're never going to leave their screens again. And I mean, if I mean, not to take it out of the realm of jokes and, and make it more serious, but we've already seen the numbers in terms of childhood obesity that we've seen over the past year increase. Right, and I right. mean, like the amount of damage we've done. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! It's going to take uh, it's going to take generations. But here's encouraging in John's neighborhood and in mine. At least there are some kids going outside and trying to play, and there will be some that will participate in trick or treating again. Most of the country, nobody did anything last year because of the COVID right. craziness and the scariness, and we were being discouraged from doing any of that. We'll see if it comes back. I know this. We've come to the end here. Do we have anything else to add, John Lewis, before we're never, done? Well, I never answered your question, right? I never said if I, if I had candy. So I, I don't have candy, okay. but I will be giving out Bitcoin to the <laughs> <laughs> You're like Tom Brady the other night on the Manning cast. I'll yeah, give out some exactly. Bitcoin to the kids here. I yeah. won't give you any uh, chocolate, but your financial future could be secure. I like that. Would I don't you... know what... I don't know what Bitcoin is, so I'm just <laughs> writing out a piece of paper, a few scraps that say Bitcoin on them, and I imagine that it'll suffice. And, and like a fake email address. Just go ahead and do yeah. that. We do have about two pounds of the assorted little bite-sized candies, and please, I hope that we give them away, because if not, 
My twins don't, I'm, I'm tailing on them again. My twins don't really eat the chocolate candy. So that means it's going to be bad temptation in the house for TJ. Mm -hmm. We got to get rid of that stuff if we don't yeah. get rid of it on Halloween for this weekend. So we pretty much come to the end. If we covered everything, I think we're probably good on this edition of the podcast. Yeah, well, um, I I, uh, I bought some plane tickets uh, for the first time and okay. get on a plane for the first time since 1998. So uh, wow. if anyone knows anything about how air travel has changed since 1998 and wants to let me know if I should be preparing, uh, it's basically the same, right? Just go into the airport and it's all laid back, right? <laughs> Get there early, be patient. Our, our friends at TSA have all kinds of reasons why they're going to delay you for every which way and reason. And I would love to tell you from airline travel 2020 to 2021 that they're remaining nice and they're remaining courteous with the airlines and they really care about you because there was one quarter or one fifth the people flying in 2020, especially in the summer and the fall of 2020, as there is now. But I would be lying to you in the audience if I were telling you that the airlines actually care about the paying customer once again. It's only a year later, and they just were an afterthought. We're like cattle being herded every which direction, and I'm not just singling out one airline. It's all of them uh, right now with that. But good luck with flying uh, with that. Yeah. We'll have to hear about it. Is that soon that you're going to be taking part? Yeah, a couple of weeks. Uh, I have okay. train tickets, too. I have uh, Amtrak tickets that would be 21 hours on an Amtrak. Ooh. And then I have Versus plane tickets. Uh, plane tickets would be about two hours. Two hours, a little one tenth, a little different. Uh, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. No, I mean I'll be real. That the Amtrak tickets are twice the expense of the plane tickets as well. So it's twice. This is not a hard occasion. A uh, hard equation. Twice as expensive and ten times as long. Yeah. Where's the incentive on that, John Lewis? Well, I do not having to get on a plane. I understand. Not having, not having might be part of it. So. and you know, uh, I mean, I don't know. I got I don't, you. Ideally. See, Safely, you should be fine on the plane and you get there much quicker and cheaper. I'm saying go yeah. for that here on the podcast. Yeah. Well, look, if I could find a way to just, you know, if anyone wants to, you know, to get an Uber about a thousand miles, would <laughs> be the ideal. That might be as much as the train, by the way, with what Uber's charging yeah. these days. Because I, I tried to I take it, I tried to take a ride from the Indianapolis airport to the hotel about 20 minutes away. They wanted the same amount as a rent payment uh for the oh. Uber to take me back in the middle of the day to downtown yeah. Indianapolis. So it's, it's crazy what the Uber's charging, but we digress. Anything else of sports media variety before we're done and we're good. What about it? Uh, well, this isn't sports media, but out of curiosity. So uh, the cost to replace a drainage pipe, that's 6,000. Does that sound about right? <laughs> Here we go back into the world of busting on contractors yeah. uh, as the real vampires. A busted pipe, 6000 I'm not sure if that's comparison shopping. See if somebody gives you a second opinion and also says 6000 That would yeah. be my advice. The audience can give you advice. They can follow you at Paulson underscore SMW for Sports Media Watch, Paulson underscore SMW, and tweet at you whether that's a good price. We'll find out who's listening to the podcast. See if that's a good pi uh, pipe price, pipe repair price for right. John and the contracting. I love that. Love it or leave it. I love that where you're soliciting that advice. I know nothing about replacing pipes and how much they cost. That yeah. seems a little high, but somebody yeah. might be able to, to tell you, no, that's actually good. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's PVC, you know, you get that right. water intrusion in, in the garage. So that's always fun. No but whatever. No good on that. It is good to be back with you on the podcast. We're looking forward to everything this week with the World Series getting underway. A big Thursday night Packers, uh, Cardinals game, another NFL weekend, some big college football games this weekend. We're anxious to see how it all plays out, and we encourage people to go to the site, sportsmediawatch.com. You're writing all about it 
John Lewis, thank you. Always appreciate the time. Hey, thank you. And we remind you again, subscribe to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Find it on John's site, sportsmediawatch.com. Wherever you get podcasts as well, we'll be back next week, God willing, through Halloween and everything else with the sportsmediawatch.com podcast. I'm TJ Reeves for John Lewis. Enjoy watching, reading, and seeing it all. And you've been listening to the sportsmediawatch.com podcast.